This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. Coast and floorboards and shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Give us a call right now if you're doing a project for Dad this weekend because it is Father's Day weekend and a time of the summer when it's nice to pick up the hammer, pick up the saw, not for yourself but for your dad. But before you do that, pick up the phone and call us because we are here to help. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. We've got a busy show planned for you this hour. First up, we're going to talk a bit about summer storms. When that happens, your power can easily drop out and electronics can be damaged, including satellite TV systems. This hour, we're going to have a few hints to make sure your dish works during a downpour and show you how to protect it and other electrical appliances from power surges brought on by a wicked electrical charged summer that's knocking out power right and left in a good number of places in the country. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If you've got a front door in your home that's not in the best shape, these summer storms can be even more dangerous because strong winds, they can actually send debris flying. And if it hits your door at those right sort of weak spots, it could come right into your house. Absolutely. I've seen that happen. Yeah, well, you've seen it done on purpose in those tests, but my goodness, I mean, it really can happen if you get a big storm kicking up. We're going to tell you how to keep your home safe in just a few minutes. And if you pick up the phone and call us right now with your home improvement question, you could just win a Dremel 8200. We're giving away one this hour. It's worth $99. It's useful for lots of home improvement projects around the house. And if you forgot to get your dad a gift, hey, you could re-gift this to him. The number <laughs> is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six six six. 3974. That Dremel 8200 is going to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question. Let's get right to it. Leslie, who's first? Mo in Texas is having some issues with the roof. What can we do for you today? Yes, the leading edge on the west side of my roof, which is about approximately 30 feet of it, has been lifting up about three feet up onto the roof, and I'm trying to figure out how I can keep those staying down before they break. Huh. So the shingles are, like, loose, and the whole thing is, like, lifting up and flopping in the breeze? Yes. Huh. Well, it sounds to me like it was never nailed. So this is a this is asphalt shingles? Yes, they are. All right. So what you're going to do is this. Um, asphalt shingles tend to have, like, sort of a sealant under the tab, and they stick together. But I'm going to tell you, how, I, I'm not saying that you should do this because you have to get on the roof to do this, but I'll tell you how it's done. Somebody gets on the roof, they take a flat bar, right? It's like a, sort of like a crowbar, except it's sort of flattened out at the end, so it's like a thick putty knife. And they very carefully work it under each shingle, so the shingle tab loosens but doesn't rip. So you can flop up the shingle tab and then put a nail underneath it. You put a little dab of tar, you put a nail in the shingle tab, and then you nail the shingle down, and you bring the, the, the tab back over so it's completely closed. 
And you do that in four or five places, and then that's going to nail down that piece of roof. But you basically have to place the nails underneath the shingles. To do that, you have to lift them up. To lift them up, you have to use the flat bar to kind of break the seal. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. No problem. That's the way you do it, my friend. Have a great one. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Linda's calling in with a gardening question. How can we help you today? Well, I just moved into a new house. I just bought it. And it has a climbing rose bush. Oh, how nice. Yeah, it, it is. But my daughter said, oh, Mom, you need to trim this down. <laughs> I have no idea what she's talking about. How far do I trim it? I mean, it's got some it's got some bare branches coming up. Do okay. I take those out? Now, when you say she wants you to trim it, does it seem like it's just so overgrown? Or like you say, you're noticing a lot of, you know, dead wood on the rosebud that doesn't seem to be turning green or growing leaves or showing any sign of life on the inside? Right. That's what I have. And they're very long. Yeah, the, the dead wood. What mm-hmm. you want to do is when you're pruning rose bushes, you want to get rid of any of that broken, dead, diseased, or any of that wood that you might see that looks dry or shriveled or black. And when you cut it back, you want to make sure that you cut at a 45-degree angle. And as you get down that branch, you see a place that maybe has a bud or a fresh leaf growing out of it. You want to cut about a quarter inch above that bud or that leaf, whatever you see that's showing growth, because... Some of that wood may look dead, but on the inside, it's growing new growth, and eventually that wood will burst off. But if you see that it really shows no sign of life, you want to cut it back. Make sure you do so at a 45-degree angle. You want to use clean, sharp tools, and you want to begin pruning from the base of the rose bush and work your way outward. Now, since yours is a climber, I'm not sure if this applies, but generally with rose bushes, you want to take away some of the dead plant from the inside to give it more light and circulation. But with a climber, that's how it really holds on to whatever it's growing on so you just want to make sure that you cut back whatever's dead and when you're cutting it look inside of that branch and you want to trim back until the inside is white until the inside is white Mm -hmm. okay okay i have no idea what i'm doing i'm new that's okay generally (laughs) they say that pruning rose bushes is very difficult and if you do any research online they're like oh you got to be so careful but pretty much you can't mess up a rose bush it really will fix itself within a you know season's time. You're not going to kill it. Just don't go crazy. Okay, good because this is for um, you're talking to a lady that killed a philodendron. Oh, good lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will do my best. All right, Linda. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, even home design or decor questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, your doors can be the weakest links in a storm. Find out how to toughen them to keep air, water, and flying debris out after this. You're in a Money Pit. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. This hour we're giving away the Dremel A two hundred cordless rotary tool. It's a versatile compact tool that's ideal for outdoor projects like removing rust from patio furniture and so much more. It's worth ninety nine bucks. Gonna go out to one caller drawn at random 
of those who call us right now with their home improvement questions. So give us a call again. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Well, when it comes to protecting your house, you know, having a strong, stable door is a must if you're dealing with a summer storm that's got super high winds. Now, you not only need to be sure that your door is going to stay closed and on its hinges, but you need to make sure that it's going to stand up to the heavy and high-speed debris that can actually bust right through a closed door. Now, you can prevent that by upgrading your door with an impact-resistant, say, fiberglass one, such as those in Thermatru's True Defense Collection. You know, we actually uh, went to uh, the Thermatru factory some years ago and saw an impact test where they have this device. It's like an air cannon, and it fires a two-by-four, and it, it, it simulates what would happen in a severe storm where there's a lot of flying debris. Mm-hmm. And this two-by-four, like, flew right through a wood door. That's amazing. It dented the steel door, and it bounced off the fiberglass door. So it really is important to have a tough door to protect your house in a storm. And if uh, your door is looking uh, maybe a little bit worse for wear, it's not too late to get in on Thermatru's annual Ugliest Door in America contest. You need to prove that you have the ugliest door. It could be a front door or a patio door. If You're going you to have to send pictures it, and video. You're going to have to pictures, fess up to it. So if you can prove it, you can win a makeover from Thermatru worth up to 5000 bucks. Visit MyUglyDoor.com to see past winner makeovers and get complete rules and entry info. The contest ends July 2nd, so you don't have a lot of time. But uh, it's definitely an opportunity if you don't have a nice door in your house to enter the contest. And who knows, you could just win a brand new Complete uh, entryway makeover worth up to five grand from Thermatrue. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Got lots of calls lining up here, Leslie. Let's get back to it. Who's next? John in Alabama. You've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I've got an eight year old house that's built on a crawl space, and um, the right down the middle of the house, lengthwise, I, I get a a seam or a split in my wood floor. Okay. It, um, and, and what kind of house do you have? Is it a ranch? Yeah, it's a ranch-style house. Okay, and right down the center where you have the split in the wood floor, um, might that be right above the main girder? I, I would say that it is. Um, if it's if it's not right above it, it's very close. Okay, because what, what often happens is this. Where you have a girder, you have floor joists that uh, cross the girder on both directions, and they and they overlap a little bit. And then those floor joists will sag. And if you can just imagine that as they sag, they tend to sister up a little bit at the ends and actually lift right above the main girder. And in doing so, it puts a little bit of pressure on the floor and that can cause gaps to form as a result of just the normal movement of the floor structure. Okay. So is there anything that I can do about that? Not really. Um, It's pretty much normal movement in the house. And in some cases, I've seen it get kind of nasty looking. And if you have big gaps in floors, you can fill them with jute and then uh, finish over them. And that tends to sort of um, hide it a bit. But how old are the floors? Um, Eight years. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So the floors were added after the house was built or the floors were added when the house was built? The the floors were installed when the house was eight eight years ago. Okay, so the house is eight years old. Yes. And you haven't seen any other movement, evidence of movement? No, nothing. I suspect it's a result of shrinkage and uh, a little bit of uh, settlement on part of the floor joists. That's why I asked you about the girder, because when you say it's going down the middle of the house, that's a really common place, and I've seen that happen many, many times. Okay. So I guess the answer is just to to kind of live with it. Yeah, I think the answer is you chalk it up to charm. (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay, well, I All appreciate right. it. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You know, I mean, he could fix it, but it would involve him tearing up the floor and sort of adjusting, you know, where the boards are. And I just feel like it's kind of overkill for the benefit you get out of it. Mm-hmm. And it really isn't a big deal. No. He's probably the only one that notices it. I'm sure, and it's probably driving him crazy. <laughs> Marilyn in Iowa needs some help refinishing a fiberglass door. Tell us about the project. Yes, I had moved into a house that had a, a gel stain on a fiberglass door. Okay. Had a little bit of, it had some old stain left on it, and I just stained, ran the gel stain over the top of it. Now some of the old stain is showing through, and I don't like the looks of it. Yeah, you can't put good stain over bad stain. <laughs> it just doesn't work out that way, Marilyn. So right. what you should have done is removed it. Now, the gel stain that you used, um, what kind of gel stain did you get? Minwax. Yeah, that's designed for wood. It's not designed for fiberglass. What I would do is I would go to the website for Thermatrue Doors, thermatrue.com. They actually uh, invented a stain designed specifically for fiberglass doors. See, when you try to use a stain that's designed for wood on fiberglass, you never get very good results because wood absorbs the stain and fiberglass doesn't. It lays on top. And you need to use the stain that has the right density. And that's why you need a stain designed specifically for fiberglass doors. You cannot use a wood product on top of that. So what you're going to do here, and, you know, it's good news because you can actually remove all that stain that's there and then use the right type of gel stain such as the one made by Thermatrue, and it'll look gorgeous. You'll be very happy, and it'll last a long time. And what, what do I use to remove the stain, then? You're going, to use a, you're going to use a paint stripper to remove that. Oh, okay. Um, I would probably use... I don't think you're going to have to abrade it. In fact, I don't think you want to do that. I think you're probably just going to use a product like Rock Mineral. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. What's it called? It's called Rock, Rock Mineral. Mineral, and it comes in like a metal container, sort of like a turpentine container, looks like. And um, I like it because it's thick. You can see it working. It doesn't run all over the place. Um, but definitely take the door down, lay it down flat, and do your work on a flat surface. All righty. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Kenton, New Jersey is getting ready for the warm weather with an air conditioning question. What can we do for you? Yeah, hi, Diane. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm looking at uh, split-system air conditioners, the ductless air conditioners. I'm mm-hmm. just, uh, I have window units now. looking to replace them. They're noisy and bulky and, and annoying. I'm wondering about uh, any uh, positives, negatives, shortcomings with it, and uh, really concerned about noise. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm sitting under one right now, and, I'm in, a ra- and I'm in a radio studio. Wow, and that's great. I, I tell you what, they're very quiet compared to window units. They don't vibrate and rattle like window units do. They're good supplemental units. I don't know that I would buy several of them do an entire house, but in the, to, in the case of this studio, uh, where the central air conditioning is, is so far from uh, this particular studio that we're using that it always gets a little bit hot in here. So we put a split system in to sort of supplement the central. So this is a good application for it as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been very happy with it. It's a Fujitsu system. There are other great manufacturers out there. I'd make sure that you mm-hmm. get one that's Energy Star rated. Uh, you know, they're a little, a little pricey uh, compared yeah, to window so units. But they work so fantastically well. They, yeah, they work really well. And the, what you see on the inside is such, you know, a low-profile feature. You barely notice where it is in the wall. And then, of course, the compressor is outside, the condensing unit. So it's like that's all outside and you don't see it. That's why it's so much quieter. 
All right, appreciate it. Kent, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Carolyn, Texas is calling with a garage door issue. What's going on at your Money Pit? Well, whenever we try to put the garage door down, sometimes it goes all the way down from the remote control in our car or the transmitter in our on the wall in the garage, and sometimes it intermittently it'll go down a little bit, stop, try to go back up. We have to punch the button. It'll go down a little bit, stop. And it sometimes takes three or four times to get it down. Well, what's happening um, there is that's actually the safety reverse feature kicking There's in. There's got to be something blocking it. It's feeling some resistance. And it could be just a matter of it needing to be lubricated. Because if it gets a little dry and it gets a little too much resistance, what's happening is the garage door thinks it's being blocked. It thinks that something is stuck under it. And, in, and when that happens, it backs up. And so if you were to lubricate it or adjust it so that it it closes freely and easily, that's probably going to stop happening. What I would do is I would disconnect the garage door opener. There's usually a safety cord that you can pull and unleash it, unlatch it. Run it up and down by hand a few times. Get some grease. Put it in the tracks. Put it on the wheels. Work it in really nicely so it, it flows smoothly, closes smoothly. Then reconnect it. Run it up and down a couple of times more and see what happens. Okay, only problem is we have lubricated it quite a few times with uh, special lubrication we found even at, like, Home Depot or Lowe's or one of those places. All right, so if it's not the lubrication, then the next thing is I wonder if something's out of alignment. It it could be that the tracks are shifted or moved because something is causing this to, to resist going down. Which is why it's sensing it. Maybe you have a bad bearing in one of the rollers. There's resistance somewhere that's that's causing the garage door opener to think it's being obstructed, and that's why it backs up. We've got to figure out why it's re- being why it's resisting, and then address that to repair it. Okay. So look a little deeper, but you're on the right track. All right, we'll give it a try. Take it off manually and and make it right. Move up I mean, and feel down. you might feel where it's a little bit rough in one spot, and you might say, "Why is that happening?" And find out that the track maybe one of the bolts in the track came loose. That happens, as they take a lot of abuse. Oh, definitely. Okay, we'll try that, and I certainly appreciate you taking my call. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Jeff's given us a call today to talk about cinder block walls. What can we do for you? I have a problem with a uh, a deck, uh, a a proposed deck. And what I'm trying to do is my home is a 1950s-era Cape Cod, and what was popular in that time in my area, my location, was they would build the first floor out of concrete block on the exterior with stucco. Right. And that was it. Okay. And what I want to do is I want to attach it. I want to build a deck, and I want to attach the ledger board. And I have two questions. I didn't know if I should try and bolt into the hollow of the concrete block wall or if I should try and get a long bolt and sandwich two vies on both sides. Yeah, I would, I would, I would bolt right through the block wall if it was my house. Um I would make sure that I got you know the right kind of bolts, the right diameter, heavy-duty, galvanized bolts, and I would bolt sure. the ledger right through the concrete block, right to the other side. You would use a big, essentially like a big metal washer. Usually there's a big square metal plate that goes on the back of those. And, and that, if you do that uh, at the appropriate interval, that will, ha- that will hold the ledger board quite nicely. Great. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit, eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Well, according to the EPA, 
The air quality inside your home is way worse than the air outside. That's kind of a scary thought. Up next, we're going to tell you how to breathe easier at home, especially if you're an allergy sufferer. So stick around. Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, this is a great time of year to tackle all of those do-it-yourself projects, unless, of course, you are an allergy sufferer like I am, which means if you are, you are probably miserable right about <laughs> now. I know I've been, but there is something that you can actually do about it. Well, at least inside your house we're talking about. You know, we're indoors. That air quality can actually be worse than it is outside. It all comes down to having the right filtration system for your house. With us to talk about that is Larry Cavalier. He's the Filtrate Technical Service Manager at 3M. Welcome to the program, Larry. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Now, it's been a terrible year for allergies. Uh, what does that all chalk up to, the, uh, the rain we've had or what? Well, I think the rain, along with the nice weather, um, has caused the uh, many of the trees and so on to start uh, budding, and that you have those uh, spores that are emitted into the air from the trees. And also, at the same time, when you have all this wet weather, there's lots of molds that uh, will actually start growing too, which throws out a lot of spores into the air as well too. And that all adds so, up to making you very, very miserable. Now, when folks go out to choose a filter system for their HVAC system in their house. Uh, there's a lot of filters to choose from. It can be quite overwhelming. Uh, there is one important number that you say they need to know, and that's the MPR number. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, well, the MPR number stands for Microparticle Performance Rating, and it's based on removing those microscopic particles in the air. And it's the microscopic particles that uh, never, ever settle out of your air, actually. So you're more likely to breathe those particles. Okay, you say the MPR number is the most important one that you need to know. Is it the higher the number, the better the filter? Exactly. The higher the number, the better the filter. It's going to take out more of those small particles in the air. Now, Larry, with your new product, the Filtrate Elite Allergen Filter, that has an MPR rating of 2200. How are you able to create a filter that, you know, absorbs so much of the particulates, but then doesn't hinder airflow or, you know, efficiency of the HVA system itself? Well, we have a lot of great uh, minds back here in the laboratory who are, were able to develop and, and make new filter medias. And the media is the whole key, the the white part of the filter. Um, they do an excellent job at uh, coming up with new formulations and new configurations uh, to enable us to maintain good airflow as well as get higher particle capture rates. And uh, you say that this new filter can actually block out 94% of the solids uh, that go through the air, and that's great. Uh, because we're talking about the pollen and dust mite uh, debris and stuff like that can make people really miserable. Definitely, definitely. Those are some of the the key things that can make people real miserable. And actually, when you compare it to an ordinary fiberglass filter, it'll capture about 40 times more of those microscopic particles that are in the air. Um, I call them submicron particles, but that's starting to get a little technical. If you will. Well, we, we, call the, we have a non-technical word for the fiberglass filters. We call them rock stoppers. 
Yeah, I call them bird and <laughs> stick catchers, typically. Um, they were just designed to really protect the equipment. Um, whereas if you look at a, you know, a filtrate product, uh, they're going to protect the equipment as well as help capture those allergens in the air. Well, the new product is called the Filtrate Elite Allergen Reduction Filter. It's available from 3M. Retails for about 25 bucks. if you're an allergy sufferer. This is definitely something that you want on board. Larry Cavalier from 3M, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Well, it's my pleasure. I appreciate the uh, time. Thanks. Well, up next, you know, a great project to take on at your Money Pit is a media room. And if you're thinking of putting satellite TV in there, we want to make sure that you know exactly what to do just in case your favorite show gets knocked off during a summer storm. We don't want that to happen. So we're going to share some tips with you next. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can be part of the Money Pit by giving us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, we love to get you guys to call in, so we always give away some prizes every hour. And this hour, one of our lucky caller-inners, if that's a word, who asked their home improvement question. It's a Leslieism. It's a Leslieism. There are many things, ginormous, all kinds (laughs) of stuff. You'll notice they make their way into everyday vocabulary. But anyway, one of our caller-inners is going to be super lucky and win the Dremel 8200 cordless rotary tool. Dremel's kick butt. They're really fantastic. They're versatile. They're compact. You can use them on outdoor projects. You can remove rust from patio furniture. You can use it for carving, engraving, routing, grinding, sanding, cutting, cleaning, polishing. I mean, you will find a project and be like, hey, if I put this bit on, I can use my Dremel tool. I've had one for years. You will love yours. It's a prize worth $99. So call us right now with your home improvement question for your chance to win. The number here is 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Now, if uh, one of the projects that you would like to tackle is, say, a repair to the satellite dish on your roof, it's a good addition to a home theater system. And it's important that you keep it in good structural condition, especially this summer, because strong winds can move a dish out of alignment, and over time the lines can become damaged or waterlogged. So you want to make sure that uh, if your dish gets loose, that you tighten it up, and if your lines get too saturated, that you replace them. If you do, your satellite dish reception will remain crystal clear, and you won't have problems in the middle of some big show that you'd like to watch the finale for and have it all pop off the air, like the ending of a Sopranos episode. <laughs> no, that's how it actually ended. Tom. Oh, that's right. <laughs> 888-666-3974. We're not going to end this show quite yet. We're here to answer more of your home improvement questions, so pick up the phone and give us a call. Ross is calling from New York, and he's got a question about a really splintered deck. What's going on at your house? Um, my problem is uh, we had a house built about a year or so ago in Staten Island, New York, and the, it has a deck in the back, and that deck is made of um, treated wood. Right. And it has a lot of areas that I don't think they use that good of wood. Um, it has a lot of areas that are cracked and splintered and a lot of knots. I'd mm-hmm. like to maybe paint that or fill in the cracks. Uh, is there something I can use to do that? Well, and how old is the deck? 
it's only about a year and a half old. All right. Well, you don't want to paint it. That would be a mistake. Because you know what comes after paint, Ross? <laughs> Repaint. Yeah, but I mean, whatever you put on any sort of deck that's made out of pressure-treated lumber requires a, a commitment to maintaining it. And, you know, Tom's right. You don't want to put paint on. You sort of, I mean, your deck is already at a point where it's kind of degraded enough where you don't want to see the grain. You don't want to put something semi-transparent on where you can really see what's going on with the wood. Your solution is going to be something that's called a solid stain. So it's a stain in the fact that it sort of permeates the layers of the wood and gets into the wood itself. But it's solid because there's a lot of pigment to the stain. So you can go any color from, you know, natural wood tones to, you know, bright pink if you wanted. And that'll sort of set that color on top of the wood and into the wood so that you'll still see a little bit of the grain, but predominantly color is what you'll see. And would that make it kind of smooth? Because my wife, my sister, they've gotten splinters just hold, you know, being out there. And Well, it's not going to make it perfectly smooth, Ross, but if you have a badly splintered board, what you want to do is pull that board up, uh, use a nail puller to pull it up, flip it over, and then put it back down again because the back side of it will be as, as smooth and clean as the day it was purchased. And, Ross, if it really bothers you, what you might want to do is think about maybe in the next couple of years doing sort of a deck makeover. You can pull off the pressure-treated deck boards. You can, you can uh, save the, the structure and then put composite decking right on top of that. You know, put some, put some uh, fiber on down. That stuff's got like a 10-year warranty and looks as good the first day as it does 10 years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really gorgeous. The maintenance factor, you know, which is something to think about, is very minimal, you know, light cleaning seasonally just to get all the grit and yuck off of it. But it, it looks gorgeous. You will never have to sand it, paint it, stain it. Ever again. That sounds like it'll be a good idea. Okay, well, let me thank you very much for uh, for letting me speak to you. I love your show. Listen to it every week. <laughs> thank you very much, Ross. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Ruth in Illinois needs some help hanging something on her walls. What can we do for you? Well, um, I moved into a house that has plaster walls. And um, every time I try to take a little nail and, you know, hang up a picture, I get a whole chunk of wall out. Okay. Do you actually get the wall out or do you just hear it falling down behind? No, it actually a little round quarter-sized piece just comes out toward Mm. me. Okay. So I didn't know if there's a way that I can um, hang pictures or I'm just going to have to have a wall that doesn't have pictures. Are you trying to nail into that plaster? I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens is the plaster gets old, gets weak, and the plaster is probably put up on lath, which is like wood strips. And the way it stays in place is the plaster sort of swells behind the wood lath, kind of grabs it like little fingers. And when you try to nail it, you break those fingers off, and then the plaster itself gets very loose. So what I would do is I would pre-drill this first or always pilot drill it out. Using a very skinny drill bit. Yep, or even the nail itself. You can take a finish nail and turn that into a drill bit and use that to pile it out the hole because you're not really cutting it. You're just sort of making some room in there and then drive the nail through that. The other thing is always try to drive the nails into the stud and you can use an electronic stud finder to figure out where that is, even in a house that has plaster. Yeah, but the stud finder is going to go like bananas because No, even if it has plaster lath, the the more newer, the newer ones are pretty good at detecting the difference between a thin piece of lath and a large wood, you know, full two by four beam. Well, great. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome, Ruth. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Joe in Missouri needs some help fixing the damage from a leak. Tell us what happened. Hi. Yes, we noticed some discoloration on the linoleum around the toilet. 
so I suspected a leak, and we have a walkout ranch, unfinished basement. So I went in the basement, looked up at the uh, floor joists, and there was, in fact, a failure of the wax seal. And now I've got this black mold mildew growing on the 2x10s, and I need to find a way to remove it. Uh, most of the commercial products suggest spray it on and then wash it off with mm -hmm. a hose or something, which I really can't do in the basement of my home. Yeah, I mean, how much do you have? Just a little bit of black around these floor joists? Uh, the, it's probably uh, three of the floor joists, anywhere from 18 to 24 inches uh, on uh, two to three of the floor joists. Okay. I mean, do you know if it's mold or is it just water damage? Uh, no, it looks like it's mold or mildew. It's, well, it's not water damage, I don't think. And the, is the basement finished or unfinished? It is unfinished. Well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you mix up a bleach and water solution okay. and spray it down, let it sit for 15 or 20 minutes, and then spray on a little bit of water uh, on top of that to sort of rinse it. I mean, if it's unfinished, you could simply put a tarp down, catch mm -hmm. a little bit of that water, clean it up, You'd and you can use one of those little pump garden sprayers. Yeah, that's a good point. One of those pump garden sprayers, yeah. You don't need to hose it off. Yeah, you don't need a pressure washer. And that will kill any mold that's actually there, but it's probably more likely to simply be some moisture damage. And then make sure you fix that wax seal. Yeah, we fixed that already. All right, so it's dry now? So if it's dry, it you don't dry. have to worry about any further decay. Because without the, without the leak, it's not going to continue. I've seen a lot of leaky toilets over the year, years, and I rarely see mold. It's mo almost always just water damage. Okay. A little of the early signs of decay. Well, that sounds good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, we've got hints for vacation homeowners. We're going to tell you how to keep things in shape while you're away after this. 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Fiberon Horizon Decking and their new tropical hardwood colors. Ensure your deck stays as beautiful as the rest of your home. Insist on Horizon Decking. To learn more, visit FiberonDecking.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement project or head on over to MoneyPit.com and shoot us an email question using the form you will find there. We've got one here from Warren in Anchorage, Alaska. Yep, Warren writes, I have a condo in Anchorage, Alaska, and I have to travel to Texas each year for about eight months. Wow, I certainly hope it's the winter months. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I'm in Texas for the summer, worst place to be in the summer, and I'm in Alaska for the winter. <laughs> All right, he writes, what can I do to prevent evaporation from the toilet bowl while I am gone? Huh. The climate is dry with little humidity, and with the heat set low, I have a problem with evaporation. Mm, that's an interesting problem. I don't think we've ever hmm. gotten that question before. Um, well, I'll tell you what you could do. You could cover the toilet bowl with plastic sheeting. Oh, really? Sure, why not? That's like why the not? worst April Fool's Day joke, I hope. Yeah, just remember to, to <laughs> remember to remove it when you get back eight months earlier. Remember when you put that plastic down? <laughs> you might want to put like a sticky note at eye level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's one thing to do because you're right. If that evaporates, it could get kind of stinky. Because all of the sewage gas that happens up and down the street Are can escaping, work its way yeah. Yeah, into your house. So, yeah, I would just simply seal it. 
That'd be a way to deal with that. That's easy enough. All right, Joe writes, I thought I was doing everything right by getting a sump pump with battery backup, but I lost power for so long the battery died and my basement still flooded. Is there anything I can do to prevent this in the future? Ah, yes. You know, a lot of folks think that the battery's going to save them, but it doesn't last very, very long. I mean, a few hours is all. Um, This is a perfect reason, Joe, for you to invest in a standby generator. You know, one that runs off of natural gas or propane, so there's no messy gasoline to, to deal with. And one that will come on usually within 15 to 30 seconds of power uh, losing loss, power yeah. in a house. I have a Generac standby generator at my house. We've got one in the studio. I'll tell you, it's a beautiful thing. You never have to worry about power outages again. And the nice thing is that the prices have come way down on, this, on these. You can get them for well under two grand. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Joe? When it comes to a standby generator, you can select different sizes. So if you want it to strictly power your sump pump, you can do so. If you want to add a couple of appliances to the house, there's a model that will work with whatever your powering needs are. So you can really stay within your budget. Well, if this is the year that you've chosen to make the most of your outdoor living space, what have you been waiting for? It's really a pretty simple project. You can turn that space into a beautiful outdoor spare room. Leslie's got some ideas that can help in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, the summertime really just calls us all to get outside and enjoy our outdoor spaces. So when you find that warm evening calling you to say, eat your dinner out of doors, why not add some ambient light to that setting so you can really create a wonderful relaxing and summery vibe now candles they help create that perfect setting you can also use citronella candles and that'll help keep those bugs away so they're not bothering you through your whole meal or you could consider using tiki torches around your yard and they also have citronella oil for the tiki torches so there you go bugs and mood same thing two at once now paper lanterns they're gorgeous they're easy to use you can string those over some you know fairy lights or christmas lights whatever you want to call them to create a beautiful outdoor setting and you can also think about bringing your indoor decor outside with a ton of accessories that you can buy pretty much everywhere that are made for the great outdoors you can find everything from rugs to lamps to wall decor that are especially made to withstand the elements don't just go dragging the things from inside your house and putting them out outside because one storm and they're going to get ruined so shop for things that are meant for the outside and you'll enjoy a beautiful outdoor space great ideas this is the money pit home improvement radio show coming up next week on the program we're going to talk about something that you don't want in your outdoor room that's poison ivy if you have to clear any of that to make some space to hang out in we're going to get some tips on how to make sure that you don't come in contact with it and if you do We'll tell you exactly what to do to protect yourself. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.